already. Man, I tell you, I feel like we have had church. It, this is just good. I, uh, I'm glad to be with you this morning, and I, I, man, I just have such a word stirring in my heart. And, um, but you know, we're, we're moving into a, a season. There, there's some things that, that um, you know, are taking place here. You know, for, for San Angelo, this church, if you go back into its, into its roots from the original founding of the church, we are celebrating this fall 50 years. Come on, 50. How many know that a 50-year anniversary is a big deal? And so we've, we've got some things planned. Save the date, you know, October, what, 16th there for that Sunday. And uh, we're, we're going to, come on, how many think we ought to throw a party? <laughs> and uh, this month... Is, is my 25th year as the senior pastor here at the Life Church. So anyway, we, we are blessed. So half the life of the church I've pastored. So uh, here at the, at the Life Church, it doesn't count what I did in Central Texas. It doesn't count the, uh, the years serving as your youth pastor that should count double. <laughs> right? Come on, you ever work with kids? Come on, it's like yes, but um, but it's good, man. We we are just excited. These are exciting days, exciting times, and yet very challenging. And I want to I want to talk to us about that. Let's let's just pray, Father. We just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for just our time together here this morning, and Lord, for the things that you want to just accomplish in our hearts and our lives, and already what you're doing, Lord. We are saying yes to all that you have for us. And Lord, let, let my words be your words and your words my words. And God, that I'll speak as a prophetic utterance, Lord, here today as an oracle of God. And Father, that our hearts will be open to receive from you that that you have for us today. And Lord, let there be much fruit produced. And Lord, we just want to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. Have your way in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. And thank God for the rain. Come on, whatever you did get, I know, I know some of you, you know, I, I mean, Joanne and I, we've, you know, we're a little out here west of town, and, and we've had nearly two inches. Come on, I don't know if you're not living right or what, but <laughs> just poking at you, but come on, let's get our faith out there. Let's believe God for more rain. Amen. Woo, man, because it is good. Our place, I'm having to mow. I'm having to weed eat weeds. It's crazy at how fast. I mean, it's like everything was, was there and so desperate, and it got a little water from heaven, and it's like, boom. So, amen. So we're, 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 uh, we're excited. I want to talk to you today about moving from health to fitness. Well, you all got quiet. <laughs> It's like, uh-oh, where is this going? I'll talk to you about moving from health to fitness because we have talked a lot about health. You're, that's a buzzword throughout the church, throughout, you know, everything is about, you know, learning to live in margins and live, you know, and develop a healthy culture and develop health in, in your businesses and in, your, in our church and all those kinds of things. But you know what? I've known some healthy people that have absolutely no stamina. 
<laughs> I, I was, uh, Ron Ledbetter, our superintendent of schools, we were visiting this week, and, and, uh, and he's got a golf tournament coming up, and, um, and, and he's like, man, and I hadn't had time to go play. And I'm, I'm like, well, you know, if it was like, you know, because I finally, I used to play all the time, probably too much. And, and then I, I, I drifted from regular to, you know, finally it was like once a year in a golf tournament. Now, I was good for about seven holes, and then it was called army golf. Right, left, right, left, right. Come on, how many you doing that? <laughs> and Ron was like, yeah, he's like, I'm only going to be good from the first half. <laughs> Why? Because your stamina. Something happens. If you're, if you're playing regular and you're, you're playing those 18 holes or like what I used to do, we'd play 18, we'd go another nine. <laughs> and go beyond. You know, you, you, take, you take extreme athletes, you know, that are really doing it, you know, in competition. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter what that race is, they're usually going beyond. Why? Because they want to build that stamina. They want to go beyond. And there's, there's something concerning that, that's just stirring in my heart that it, as much as we want to develop the culture of health and we want to have that, because, listen, I've, I've also seen it the other way. I've seen people that are fit that are very unhealthy. Oh, I know a very dear, you know, uh, person that was a part of our, our ministry and our, you know, from, from way back. And um, Anthony, he held war, world records. I mean, the dude was, I mean, just, he's a beast. Held a world record in reverse bench press. He'd show up, you know, for our, for our youth and our school kids, you know, pick up cars, you know, and walk around with a car, you know, with the, from the bumper. You had to make sure it was, the, we'd have to pre-notice to get the right car with the right bumper so it didn't jerk the bumper off. <laughs> and he died of a heart attack at a, in his 30s. Come on, you, you can be healthy and not fit, and you can be fit and not healthy. And I believe God wants us to consider that in all of the different areas of life. I believe that this translates into those different areas. And so this is, this is where I'm going. Are you ready? Come on, let's buckle up. I want to read from this passage of Scripture here in Hebrews chapter 12. Starting in verse 1, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I'm reading from the NIV, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. That word is in the Greek, that is, I'm going to kind of bounce through this real quick, and then, then I will give you some how-tos. This word, witness, you'll also see in, in Acts 1-8, and, and it's about 30-something times in the Greek that you'll see the word witness, and it's translated um, um, other English words a few times, but predominantly it's witness. But it's, it's the word where we get the word martyr. And a lot of times when we're thinking about this, and I've heard it preached, you know, the, this great cloud of witnesses, it's all those saints that have gone before us and they're around the balcony of heaven and they're cheering us on. Come on, how many of you have heard any preachers? You know what I'm talking But see, chapter 12 is following chapter 11. Sometimes we just, 
It's amazing how, especially preachers, you know, we, we pick and choose, you know. It's, the Word of God's a smorgasbord, and we're just kind of, you know, a buffet, you know. We're just picking this and that, and we, we want it to say what we want it to say. But if you truly go line on line, and you, you with proper interpretation, you're looking before and after, and what is, the, what is the real spiritual meaning, and is there any typology? There's a lot that plays into it, because I believe in the Word of God. Amen. God's put his stamp on this book. This is not like any other book. Don't say, well, it's just written by men. Yeah, men of God moved on by the Holy Spirit. And if you truly go into great depth of that and how we got the Word of God and how, how this thing, it, you can track it. Uh, there, there is, there's enough things. Read the book, the, the Bible Code. You, you can read, uh, we, we used to have a booklet out here that showed that, that basically everything in its, in its numerical value, that, it, that you, you have a denominator of three. You can, you can go all the way through in every word, every sentence, every, come on. I mean, you, you cannot make that up. You can't scientifically make that happen. God has put his stamp on this thing. This is God's word, and it'll talk to you. And you can, you can take it to the bank. You can trust it. You can completely put your full trust and your whole weight on it. But when you, when you look at this, and he says, by this great cloud of witnesses, what's he talking about? Well, read chapter 11. And then you go through chapter 11, and yes, it starts off, you know, talking great, man, about this faith and our heroes and all those that were moved on by the Holy Spirit to do these, they were just ordinary individuals that did extraordinary things because they, they, they acted in faith. There was obedience connected to the word that would come to them. And out of that act of faith and that, that obedience, you would see tremendous great things happen. But as you track through the scripture and you get down towards the end of chapter 11 before picking up here in chapter 12, it starts talking about those who have gone before us that have paid an incredible price, that have been persecuted, stoned, died by the sword, that wandered around in sheepskins and goatskins and in caves and hiding out for fear of losing their lives. You know, I, I really, you know, sometimes wonder, you know, by, by some of the things that we get whiny about, if we sat around and we really talked to some of our forefathers, how much humor they would have. <laughs> you know, my coworker just doesn't like me. I'm a Christian, and they just, they just treat me bad. I need to find a Christian place to work. What are we doing? It says, by this great cloud of witnesses, these who have gone before us, and they're celebrating, going into eternity on the way to, to church. You know, we got a phone call from Joanne's mom and her aunt has passed, passed into eternity on her birthday. And Joanne looks at me when she hung up. She said, wow, she did it on her birthday. Think about that birthday party. <laughs> come on, for the believer, come on, we're just journeying through this life. This is not our home. You got to get this thing in right perspective here. 
And whatever we face in this life, somehow we've got to get off of this thing. You know what? We have, we have a family in Arlington. Arlington, man, I tell you, last Sunday they are rocking. Last Sunday they had record crowd, record attendance. And, but we have, it's an international church. It's just incredible how many people from all over the world that are in that church already. And, and, and one family that's there, they're from Africa. They're, they're, they're here on an um, asylum visa. Oh, yeah, he spoke out against the government in one of those countries. I, I, won't, I won't mention where. I won't mention who he is. But he, he, had to, he had to, him and his family, they had to flee because they were trying to kill him. And he's a bishop. He's over, he oversees churches in about three of those different nations. He's a bishop. He's asked to bring all those churches in under the life church. I'm like, what in the world am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> Come on. But he recognizes something. And the, and the church there is receiving. But listen, whenever I look at it, this, this man has a degree. He has a profession. He has uh, skills. He, he's a bishop. He's an overseer of churches. And yet he's working for a window manufacturing company at night on a night schedule. But he's here. And he's safe. His family's safe. Sometimes we have no clue. I know that America has her issues. I know there's stuff going on, and, and don't get me going on all that. But, listen, you talk to some of these others in developing nations, nations that, where there is real persecution, you better thank God that we have the freedom of religions that we do. So this great cloud of witnesses. So he said, we've been surrounded by them. They have gone before us. They've paid a dear price. And he says to us, let us throw off everything that hinders, that would weight us down, the King James says. Every weight and sin that would so easily entangle or ensnare us. But if you look at the Greek word on, on that, it means to become, it will, listen, Weights and sins will cause you to become a spectator rather than a participant. That's what it does. That's the word that's right there. If you're just going to live your life in the flesh and to your flesh and just do those kinds of things, that's where it puts you. Oh, and you may, you may feel like you're, you're deceiving someone and you're playing the game and you're able to get by with it, but I'm telling you, that's, that's, where, that's where it goes. It's the Bible. You become a spectator rather than a participant. It'll harm you where you're going, where God wants to take you in your life, in the assignment that he has for you. And he says, and let us run. Let us run. Too much of the American church of LA is just like in this casual place. Life is good. All oh, this don't upset nothing. I'm listening, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to an audio book by uh, Craig Rochelle. He's got, he's got over 40 campuses now in multiple states. 
and, and just, um, and he was talking about some of the heroes of his faith that have done some great things in ministry, and they just all kind of arrived at this place, and it's like, ooh, 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 we've arrived. Ooh, ooh, we don't, don't take no risk. Ooh, ooh, we can't do that. that we, might, we might, you know, this whole woke thing, if we say something wrong, somebody's liable to persecute us, and, and then we'll, we'll have a bad reputation. People leave our church, and, and there's this whole fear thing, and there's this whole movement of no risk. And yet, Craig Rochelle's like, we're going to stand for truth. We're going to bet the farm. We're going to do this. And I love it. Why? Because he's like, man, there's people that need to be reached. People are going to hell, and we've got to stop this. I love that. I've, man, I've, I'm nearly to the end of the book. I, I hadn't been able to put it down. I mean, it just has fired me up in a fresh way. So look out. Like, let us run with perseverance. Oh, you know, with endurance. Let us run with endurance. This is that word that is, that is also translated a lot of times patience, but it's not the patience that's talked about in the fruit of the Spirit. Those are two separate different words. Patience developed by the fruit of the Spirit is macrothemia, that is, that is a word that is, is about long-suffering. And yes, that is a part of the fruit that has to be grown and developed. <laughs> Come on, how many, how many ain't signing up for that? You're like, oh, Lord, can I, can I, can I, I, I like other fruit. <laughs> now let's develop some of that fruit. But this is beyond that. This is part of our DNA and our makeup. Why? Because this word, hupomene, is about a cheerful, joyful, hope-filled expectation. To persevere, to have endurance, is to be able to carry us beyond where we know there is a reward. There is something at the end of this thing. And I'm just, I'm all in. I'm willing to pay the price because I know where this is going. And says, let us persevere. Let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. God has a divine plan for our lives, for this church. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the architect. That's that word. That's where we get that. He, man, he is, he's built an architectural plan for our lives. And his, it, it's, it's to do us good and not to harm us. Amen. We know the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We know that there, there are the persecutors out there. We know that there are things out there. But it's amazing how God can turn all things together for good. Amen? Mm. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Turn away from everything that is a distraction and lock in on him the author, the architect, and the perfecter of our faith. Of our faith. Who for the joy, look at this. So now he shifts and he's going into, talking about Jesus, here's our forerunner. He says, for the joy set before him endured the cross. That's that same word. He endured the cross, 
scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, and look what he says, consider him. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Listen, if you're struggling, consider him. Look at the price he paid. Look what happened. We had Prophet Ed Trout. He was ministering up in Lubbock. He came through. He was here for an evening. I uh, asked Joanne and I to go to dinner, and we were there, and we were, he was talking about Erica again. And he's been, you know, he, he's been ministering to our, our family for a long time, a lot, a lot of years. And, um, and, I, and, I was, and he, he, was, he was just talking, and he was introducing us to a, a new individual that was traveling with him, and um, so getting to know them. And he, he, he turned to this individual, and he said, their daughter, Erica, is my hero. With everything that she's gone through, he said, he said, if you only knew, and said, she just keeps going. She's not become a victim. She's a victor. And it just blessed me again. And he's like, anytime, here's what he said. He said, anytime I get in a whiny place, I just think of Erica. Come on, anytime we get in a difficult place, we ought to just think of Jesus. Whew. Look what he faced. Come on, that same power is available to us. So somehow in this whole development process, we have to understand that God's building something in us. We're going to face some stuff. I was talking to Pastor Daniel about it. We got some more stuff, you know, that we're, we're just moving through. You know, when you have a growth culture, especially like in our, in our schools, when you're in five cities, nearly 4,000 students in 14 years, and, I mean, you talk about growth. Moving from a private school 15 years ago of, a, of, of that last year of about 188, including pre-K, to just San Angelo is like 1,300 and something. And just to think about the things that we have faced. But because there's, there's things that we have faced that God has had to work for, together for good. Our, we're in this building. This building's a miracle. But you know how, how this building actually came about? When I started the charter school, the ISD got so mad at me I had, I had two gymnasiums that, that we, we had to le that we were leasing from the ISD. I know I'm throwing them under the bus, but bless God, it's, it, there's a lot of years and there's better relationships now, I want to believe. I had two gyms. We launched the charter school in year one with over 600 kids. So I had two gyms that we were leasing. And then they saw how many kids we enrolled, and they got mad and took away our gyms. So I'm desperate. I'm like, okay, God, I gotta, I gotta have, we gotta have a gym. You know what it costs to build a new gym? I was looking for maybe a warehouse that we could set up and makeshift a gym and all that. 
Oh, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I never envisioned the size and the magnitude of this facility and all that was here, except Prophet Ed Trout, 11 years prior, had prophesied and described this building. Had described it. And when I showed up, I listen, out of a place of prayer, I'm desperate. God, I need a building. And he speaks to me, gives me the very name of the facility that was operating in this building, and I drive over here only to find out that they had not announced it to anybody, but headquarters had, had told them that they were closing and that, that uh, and they had about six months, and then they were going to be cleared out of here, and this place was going to be vacant. Come on, sometimes it's the obstacles that we face that changes a trajectory or causes us to look for something different to only find out that's what God's plan was all along. Or if the devil did steal something, come on, the Bible says you can claim that, that he every thief, when you've been stolen from, you can pay back seven times. Come on. Where we get in this, this, listen. God is trying to develop things in us, in our character. He's trying to establish us in a, with, with fortitude till we have some, some backbone, till we have some boldness. The early church faced that. They didn't want to speak to issues. I mean, they were, they were scared. They were going to lose their lives. They were killing Christians. And by the time you hit chapter 4, I mean, you, you read there that, that they had just been gathered up, had been rebuked and scolded, and some of, them, some of them smacked around, and they go back, and they have a prayer meeting, and it says the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, and, and so much power came that it says that they went about speaking the Word of God with boldness. And that word, that word boldness is parousia. It is it is. It is not only bold speech, but it's a bold action. It's like, come on, you want some of me? You mess with me, you're messing with God, my Father. Come on. Get that wimpy thing off of you, church. Well, they don't want me to talk about Jesus no more. Just love them and say hallelujah when you get a chance. Thank God. Say, thank you, Jesus. Pray over your food. Take every opportunity. At some point, I mean, I had a brother-in-law at one time, you know, that, that it, when I got saved, you know, he was, he was still, you know, living the old life. And, and, uh, and, he, he, so, and, and of course, we were scrappers back then, so he had already, he'd already put the word out. If he comes pushing that religious stuff to me, I'm going to beat him up. I thought, you know what? So I was praying because I was ready. <laughs> and I felt like the Lord told me, said, don't say a word. Don't reach out to him. Don't say nothing. Just pray for him. And all of a sudden, months later, he calls one night, crashed his life, hit bottom, wanted to meet, needed Jesus. Come on. God knows. God knows. But I went on doing what, 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 listen, back in those days, I was working construction. 
on my hard hat, you could get saved just reading the Jesus stickers on it. I was bold. Amazing how many at lunch and breaks and after work that wanted to get counseling. Oh, they may have talked smack, but when, when the chips were down and they were in need, they were there. So how do we do this? I'm going to give you four quick things, real quick. Wrap this up. <laughs> so you might take some quick notes, and maybe we'll come back to this part two. What, is, what does this look like then for us to fulfill the Scripture? I believe, number one, determine God's purpose. You have to know what your what is and your how. If you don't understand that, I'm having to, I'm having to help some. Listen, we, one of our values in, in our school and even, even here, it's about growth. But if you don't understand a growth culture, a growth culture is going to continually demand change. Come on, how many of you got kids or you remember when you were a kid, you didn't get to wear the same clothes all the way through school? That's why we're at the beginning of the school year. It's amazing how many kids are going around pulling their pants up and their pants are too long. Why? Because mama knew. She's like, that boy's going to grow six inches before the end of the school year. He's gonna be, I ain't buying no other pants. I'm preparing for his growth, right? <laughs> if you're in a growth culture, you just got to understand that things won't stay the same. And if you don't think that God wasn't about change, get over to chapter 8. God had already spoke to him and said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? He said, you be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. By chapter 8, years later, they're still at Jerusalem. Woohoo! I got the abundant life going. Isn't church good? And then persecution broke out. They killed Stephen. They started hunting down the rest of the Christians. Oh, it's amazing how so many felt led to go to other places. <laughs> Chapter 8, it says they were scattered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going over here. I feel called. God is about us reaching other people. Listen, we have, we have a major part of our culture that this is, this is about people. And if it's really about people, and we determine our what, that it's about people, then listen, as much as I love certain things, I love community. I love connection groups. There's, there, that, that's, a, that's a major part of the early church. It's a major part of who we are, of what we're supposed to be. Worship. Worship is one of, those, one of those major areas. I love it, but listen, we, have all, we as believers have all eternity to worship Him. Is it a major part of who we are? Yes, but is it the thing? We better ask ourselves, why did Jesus come? He said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. If there's people that need reached, we better lift up our eyes and look on the harvest. We better work in the fields to see other people come to Christ. And if, you're, if you haven't moved past that and you've gotten comfortable, I pray to God that fire lights up on the inside of you today. 
Because listen, the older someone gets, the harder they are to reach. Our youth, our children, it's imperative that we do everything we can to reach them young. Determine God's purpose. You gotta do that in your own personal life of what God wants for you. Find out what your spiritual gifts are. Find out what that is and begin to live that. Number two, establish systems and goals. Establish, listen, it's not enough to just have goals. You need systems. It's not enough to just know what your what is or even your how. You have to establish systems. Everything about my life, I have to do by systems. Everything within our school, our church, this room, this room is a cafe gymatorium. If you didn't know, there's basketball goals hanging up there. You show up during, when, when it's feeding time, man, I'm telling you, there's tables all the way across this thing with kids in here eating. And yet, here we are on Sunday. We're worshiping God. <laughs> what is it? And it takes systems to do that. Anything with, with true lasting success has systems to it. If you want to move from health to fitness, you're going to have to think about systems. Systems. If you don't have systems for everything in your life, I'm telling you, systems. And it'll get challenged, especially in a culture of growth. Number three, count the cost. Let me, let me go back. If you're going to establish systems and goals, you've got to make two lists. You're going to, you're going to have to make a list of what you've got to stop doing and what you need to start doing. And it'll be challenging. This morning, I'm like, okay, I'm fasting this morning. I'm going into the service, man. I've just filled this. And, and, and Joanne did, a, did a, a, a cake that really would have tasted good with that coffee this morning. Number three, count the cost. There are sacrifices. There are disciplines. There are, there are things that we have to do to achieve what God wants us to do. And if you're too comfortable in this, listen. There are sacrifices. There are things. I could, I could go into a whole lot of stories. The things we face, the struggles, the thing, but to do what God wants and to count that cost and to move toward that. And then the last one that I put in here is to finish strong. That has been my word. And some of you, I'm hearing you talk about it. Some of those around me, it's like, Pastor, we're finishing strong. Pastor Daniel's message last week, oh my goodness. Come on, how many of you walked out of here going, man, I just had my butt kicked. <laughs> how many of you went home and started looking at the garage going, oh Lord. <laughs> if you didn't get the message, you need last week's message. But to finish strong. And see, I want to stand before Jesus in finishing strong. Because here's the reality. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand sometimes 
the reality is, yes, I may be saved, but ultimately there are th still things that God is asking of me to do, to take on, to, to, on my part. God does his part, but on my part. Otherwise, why would there be a judgment seat of Christ when our works are going to be judged? How you live your life and what you do matters. And you may think you're finishing strong in a certain way, but is it in light of the kingdom of God, in light of eternity, in light of heaven, so that when you stand before Jesus, he's like, man, look at these rewards. See, only you can determine that. You don't, you don't look at me. See, here's, here's the thing. I believe God is a just God, and he looks at the potential, he looks at the gifting, he looks at the calling, he looks at what he has given each and every one of us. And based upon that grace, there is an accountability to those things. And I can't judge you for not doing what I'm called to do, and you can't, you can't judge you for not doing what I call, I'm called to do. You've got to be able to look God in his face and know that I am pursuing him and his will. That's kingdom. What is that? And it may stretch you. I know it will. I believe that this passage of Scripture is challenging us as believers to go all in, to pursue with everything within us the will of God and I want everything to be in, in light of eternity of are we fulfilling the great commission are we doing what he's asked us to do man I had a few other things I'd like to say in closing, but I just, I just sense right there. I just want us to settle in on that. Because I thank God for the buildings that he's given us. He's made so much provision. And there's, there's some that have given so much and, and have, some more than others. But with all of that, as much as I enjoy it, I love being able to walk through here. I mean, we can have multiple events all going at the same time. We got that daycare over there. We got a junior high in here now. We have the elementary next door. We got this big double gym over here. We have this one. And, and with after school programs, and I can walk through this. It's like seven days a week. Sometimes it feels like a fire ant bed. <laughs> but I love it. It's crazy. And I love it. But with all of that, I still have to ask myself, do they know Jesus? Is heaven their home? Is God their father? Are we doing enough? Because when I start reflecting, I start looking at certain things, sometimes we drift. I, I walked in, I, I had a board meeting, I serve on a board with Indian Gospel Ministries and one of the board members, we went to their office and, and um, and in their, in their office, I, I end up going to the restroom, and I'll go in the restroom, and they have the little Christian equippers booklets that are in there. Are you going to heaven? Two question test reveals answer. I thought, come on. This guy's got it. He's a CPA, but he's got it. 
if you go to his bathroom, oh yeah, you want some read material? <laughs> You're going to be faced with, are you going to heaven? And we used to have those tracks. We used to use those. We used to equip people in evangelism. We equip people to share their faith, to be the witness that God called them to be. It's like, man, renew us. Revive us, God. Help us to reset where we need to reset and put priorities on the right kinds of things. Now, God want us blessed. Can we live the abundant life? I believe that. But if that's all this is about... We've missed it. We are only blessed to be a blessing. Let's stand. Today, maybe you're here. Maybe you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you're not sure about eternity. I want to get back to that place. Used to, I would say, I'm going to partner with you. If you invite someone, you get them to church, we're going to give an opportunity. They're going to hear the gospel. And I believe even in the message today, even though it wasn't specific to salvation, the gospel was preached. And Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection was talked about. And if that's you today, you can simply right where you're at say, Jesus, come into my heart. I give you my life. Just surrender yourself to him. He loves you. I know we typically pray a little prayer. It doesn't it, it have to be religious or a formula. You in your own words. Listen, I got saved in my bedroom, desperate, crying out to God. I didn't know nothing. I had never seen an altar call. But right there I said, Jesus, I believe you are the way, the truth, and the life after I read that scripture. I was born again. Come on, you can be born again today. There may be others of you that right here today that maybe, maybe there's a centering going on. There's something that you just know, man, I, I got to get back. That person at work maybe has come to, to the forefront, a loved one, somebody that you know that you've got to talk to. Don't put that off. Don't forsake that. Some of you may be being called to go. We send people. Whether it's short-term missions or whether it's to be able to establish you in a foreign country to be able to reach others. But you know what? If that's the case, you ought to be reaching your neighbor. Start now. Don't, don't come talk to me and say, man, I feel called to <laughs> I feel called to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have us a come to Jesus meeting. Even if you're called there, is it, is it to reach people?